All right, here we go. So new new variation of the Forge Father FM podcast. We are we are moving into a a co-hosted uh, version of Forge Father FM, and uh, this episode is uh, introducing my man, uh, Mr. Adam Southwick, who has been in the Forge Father, was in the Forge Warrior before it became the Forge Father, and um, man, you've been following programs and you know challenges for for years and years and years and here we are today so um i'm excited to uh have this episode all about you but most importantly it's it's been it's been awesome having you a part of the the forge father and uh become a coach and become a little bit more um you know involved in in the program other than just you know obviously living the lifestyle but also helping you know other men uh, dial in on living the lifestyle as well uh, once they get started. So, um, thanks for coming on, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me on. This is awesome. Excited. They're in the garage gym, and uh, you got a nice setup at your at your at your gym. I know earlier this year when we were doing COVID nineteen workouts, uh, when we were doing the early AM sessions and doing lives, I remember seeing the setup of your gym. You got a you got quite the setup there, man. Yeah, it took, uh, I think I've been building on it for about eight, eight years or so, seven or eight years, just yeah. piece by piece. And, uh -huh. uh, you know, it wasn't all at once, but it certainly is coming handy this year for sure. Absolutely. Heck yeah. Really coming handy. Yeah. Yep. It reminds me of, you know, the Forge, the, the Forge Athlete Gym when I first started that thing. It was like homemade equipment and then oh, I'll pick up a couple kettlebells. Ooh, I'll buy a sled and then, ooh, I'll buy this and that. And it's like, yeah, you piece it together over time. It uh, it's interesting because each each piece of your gym kind of has its own story. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I remember when I got that. It's not like you bought everything at once and uh, you magically had like a perfect gym setup. It's like I think it's a little bit more interesting when you have like odds and ends, different pieces that make up your garage gym. So that's cool, man. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. So Adam, why don't you uh, introduce yourself, man? Talk, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, where you're from, all that good stuff. Sure. My name is Adam Southwick. I am 39. I live in Massachusetts, probably about an hour northwest of Boston, in a little small town in the woods. Um, I am married, been married for eight years, and we have uh, a boy, four-year-old boy named Henry. Um, I am a food scientist, so I work for a company called HP Hood, dairy company, make all sorts of beverages. So I play with food for a living, which is a pretty fun job. Um, uh, um, I've always been, uh, I would say I've always been a little on the chunkier side growing up and as a, as a young adult in my 20s, I was, never, uh, you know, I was never a skinny guy. I was athletic in a way where I would always play sports, but I was always overweight because I love to I love to eat. Um, so I'm definitely on that side of things. I know that, uh, a lot of guys that you, uh, that you and I work with they're um, you know, they're kind of the opposite whether you're not eating enough. Um, yeah. I'm definitely not on that end of the spectrum. That's never been my issue. <laughs> um, my whole life. <laughs> not for, not for one day really. So, um, so I was, yeah, I was always a little, a little overweight until probably in my, late 20s early 30s i tried to you know get my act together um just looking for um, good ways to do things good programs i think i started with like beach body 
like P90X, tried that sort of stuff for a while. Um, it was in and out of it. I don't know if I ever got any good results. Maybe I got a little fitter. Um, I lost, I would lose a little bit of weight, but not much. Um, um, and then I think about 2000, 2012, 2013, I was just online looking for, looking for something better. Um, stumbled across, uh, stumbled across you, um, your email um, chain, signed up for that. Um, saw what you were about. I liked it, but I was a little intimidated first, you know. Um, you know, the training seemed, uh, it seemed, you know, a little crazy, you know, and uh, I was a little afraid. And after a little while, I decided to, you know, go out on a limb, give it a shot. And it was the um, garage built body. That's what I started off with. Um, basically went out and bought a couple of kettlebells. I think I had a, maybe had a pull up bar and, you know, a couple of small items in my gym at the time. This was 2013. This was the very beginning of when I had all this stuff and um, just loved it. It was just a great time. Yeah. 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 That's still one of my favorite programs that I ever put together. And it's interesting because back in like, even like 2012, 2013, uh, I remember, uh, coming up with that program and I had, you know, I had a coach myself um, at the time, like a business coach. And I remember I put this thing together and he looked at it and he's like, people aren't going to buy that. I was like, why not? And he's like, nobody has kettlebells and nobody's going to go buy kettlebells. Everybody wants like, you know, easy, simple stuff. I was like, eh. And I kind of went against the grain and I was just like, I'm going to make this work. And while it wasn't like a beach body type thing and, you know, it's not as big as that was, uh, it certainly was, uh, you know, for a certain type of individual. Right. And so, um, and it's interesting that you say, you know, you're a little bit intimidated at first and that's natural. Um, you know, a lot of guys inside the forest father mentioned that, you know, especially when we first have a conversation, it's like, yeah, of course you're going to be a little bit intimidated because of the current situation that you're in now. And then it's just like, you've got to, you got to take that step forward. And then that's when things start to change. And it's like your body changes, you change mentally, physically. It's, it's pretty, pretty cool how that all happens, man. But, um, and before we, I don't want to forget about this, but you play with food. I know you put up a post the other day. Do you do a lot of work with like the muscle milk? Yeah, I work with them. Um, so muscle milk's owned by Pepsi. Um, and they, they're, they're a company, um, some of what we do is we, um, we manufacture other people's formulas, people that don't have their own manufacturing plants. So in that case, uh, muscle milk, they, they bring in their own formula to us. And then what I, my part of my job is to take it to the plant and make sure it actually runs properly. So I've been working with them since 2008. It's been a little while. So, um, yeah, I am, I am familiar with the muscle milk a little bit. I lived off of muscle milk <laughs> when I uh, first started working at 24 hour fitness. It was just so easy. Like we had muscle milks, you know, uh, stocked up in the, in the actual gym. So it'd just be so easy to like gra grab one and crack it open. And I, I didn't think uh, the vanilla wasn't bad, but they had like strawberry and chocolate. Oh my gosh. I couldn't stand those things. Yeah. Yeah. I think the worst one they had, they got rid of it a long time ago. It was a chocolate malt and it tasted, it just tasted like dog food and it smelled like dog food. And I don't know why anyone thought that was a good idea. But I think that was, that was probably they, the most disgusting. They had a cookies and cream too, didn't they? Yeah. I think they still, they still have some cookies and cream out there. Yeah. Yep, I think that was decent. And 
what was the new one that they came out was like monster milk or something it had like twice as much protein in it right yeah yeah they got the monster milk they got the the pro 40 i think the normal stuff has like 25 grams a bottle the pro 40 has 40 grams a bottle and then the monster milk i know it's a larger bottle i don't know if it's like 50 60 grams it's something crazy oh yeah that was always a, a hot seller yeah so good stuff man so you're out there in in boston and uh you know doing your thing out there you guys just recently built a house moved into a house you got your four-year-old son uh how's life changed since becoming a dad man oh. <laughs> it's completely different i mean it's in i know there's a lot of fathers in here who can tell you the exact same thing it's you know when you're single you can do whatever you want pretty much right life's about you when you get married life's about the two of you but you still can pretty much do whatever you want yeah, in the most part, right as soon as you have a child it's life is not about you at all just about you know everything that you are and that you have you're putting into raising your child keeping him alive you know yeah. step one keep him alive step two make sure he doesn't grow up to be an asshole you know um <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know so it's 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 such a change you know everything i do i'm you know i'm his I'm his hero. I'm this big giant guy compared to this little small, you know, four-year-old dude. Um, you know, he's looking up to me. I got to make sure that I'm being the, I'm being as great of an example as I can. Um, and just teaching him everything that, that he can to be, so he can be grow up and he can become a great man himself. Yeah, absolutely, man. And it, there's nothing more special in the world, especially when they, get to be that age where now they are paying attention to you and they're like starting to copy you. It kind of really, you know, kind of, you know, kicks you in the ass a little bit. It's like, Hey, if you're not doing the things that you need to be doing, you better change up. And unfortunately for, you know, some guys, they, that doesn't, it doesn't push them enough to actually change. And, you know, it is what it is. But um, I know for you and, and myself, like that's the big driving factor uh, that, that really pushes us forward, uh, with everything really. So yeah, totally. It's pretty cool, it's pretty cool man. Yeah. But kind of going back into your early days, what, what was the heaviest that I remember you posted a, like a before picture in the group and I didn't even realize that you had had been that big in the past. Like yeah. what was the heaviest that you got up to? So I'm six feet tall. The heaviest I weighed myself, I was at 260. Um, and that was, I'd say any time from when I was about 18 to 25, 26, mm -hmm. I was probably in the 250 to 260 range, uh, pretty consistently. So, yeah. um, I was, I was a pretty big boy, um, and started working out, started taking a little bit of care of myself. I got down, you know, two twenties, two thirties eventually. Um, and even when I was, you know, doing some of your programs, you know, I would dip, you know, I would have some success. I would dip down. I, I think I got all the way down to 200, you know, basically where I am now with at the end of the garage built program. But after that, I didn't, I only had the, I had the workout program. I didn't have yeah. a real good concept of what good nutrition was. I think I was eating less to try to lose weight, but I don't, I wasn't, I didn't know anything about macros, yep. um, you know, or just how to eat properly. I mean, you know, you know, you basically know what you should be eating, but how to piece it all together. Yep. Didn't have a clue. So, and I was basically by myself. I think you did, you actually had a, a good um, Facebook group with that, mm -hmm. um, 
which I liked, but there were probably only a handful of people that were really active on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, yeah, I, the 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 train aggressive group, right? Uh, years yeah. years ago, yeah, back in 2012, 13. That's when it was like train aggressive, and and back then, even I was kind of in that realm where you know I was putting pro workout programs together. And sending those out and then there'd be guys like you who would actually do the work you would you'd do the full program and you'd get results but then after the 12-week course or i believe garage belt body the way i had it set up was you could either do it like 15 weeks through or you could uh do like phases where it actually what took you almost like 30 weeks if you yeah, did it, it took me i, I want to say it took me four or five months i did the phases yeah. um, yep. And yeah, it took me four or five months to go through it. It was yeah. great. So yeah, I mean, and we, we know now that it's, it's like work training, the new train, the training and then the nutrition, they're just tiny little pieces of the puzzle, especially when you come become a dad. Cause like you said, when you're married, yeah, you still have your freedom pretty much. I mean, you, you can take more time for yourself. Um, not as much as you, you did when you're single, of course, but um, you still have time, right? But then yeah. you 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 break through and you become a dad. Things change quite a bit. <clears throat> but even before that, I mean, you're going through programs, and then after the program was done, you basically kind of drift back into those old habits, those old behaviors. So, kind of talk about, I guess, what you're kind of going through before, you know, getting involved in inside Forge Warrior and Forge Father. I guess, I mean, I guess you'd look at it like uh, it was just a wave. It was just, you know, up and down and up and down and up and down where I would, I would train. I, I'd say I was training pretty consistently, um, but I didn't have the rest of, I didn't have any support. I didn't have a good idea of what I was doing with my fuel. Um, I didn't have any good idea of how to have a good mindset um, plan properly. My discipline came and went with my motivation, you know, it was kind of tied with my motivation. It wasn't, it wasn't its own entity. Like, yes, so, discipline yeah. was motivated. Yeah, that's right. Um, it doesn't work too. Yeah, that's, that's basically what I was, you know, I was, yeah, yeah. when I'm motivated, I'm, I'm very disciplined. So it, it was a lot of that. It was very, I was very inconsistent. Um, and when I, when I came across Forge Father, um, and obviously, you know, I've been, I've been working with your programs for, for a long time. So I saw, you put out emails and, and Facebook posts about, it was called Forge Warrior uh, in the beginning. And, you know, I looked at it and my, my first thought was, well, that would be interesting to, to jump on, but I feel like my life's pretty good. Mm -hmm. I feel like I got things put together pretty well, figured out well, you know, what, what can I do to really improve it? And so I didn't, I kind of ignored it for a few months. And um, eventually, eventually I decided I would, I would give it a shot. Um, I had just gotten, I had just gotten a promotion that I had been gunning for at work for, for quite a few years. And I was all excited about that at first. And then I sat down and, and thought about it. And I was like, do I really deserve this promotion? How do, you know, what do I need to do to, to step up my game and, and prove to myself that, you know, and others that I, I deserve to be here. Um, and then also, you know, at the same time I was a dad and my son was two at the time and, um, you know, this, you know, this certainly at the same time, I was like, well, I could probably find ways to get better, um, as a dad, as a person, as a man and, uh, and be better for my boy be better for my wife. So I 
took the plunge and haven't looked back since. Yeah. And I remember having that conversation with you because it kind of started off as like, Hey Adam, you know, you're super consistent with the workouts. I mean, when you sign up for different challenges and you sign up for these actual programs, cause I think you did garage belt. Uh, did you do, you did the unbreakable badass blueprint yeah. too. Yeah. You yeah. Did that, which that was hellacious. Um, and doing those type of programs on your own. I mean, that it takes discipline. It takes being motivated. Right. But, um, yeah, part of me, um, what really changed was I saw this happening and as a coach and wanting to have impact on people's lives, I was just like, these workouts, I can make them as good as I possibly can. I can lay them out as you know, clearly as I can, but yet there's still something missing. Like I'm seeing, cause I've seen guys like you and guys like Gabe, that have done so many programs over, over the years, but yet there was just like, I knew that was, there was like a bigger, you know, step for you guys. And then that's when I really took a step back for myself. I was like, you know what? We don't need just workouts. We don't need just nutrition. We need an environment. We need like a lifestyle and we need to be able to do this with other like-minded individuals. And that's when, you know, the Forge Warrior was first, you know, put together and it, and it started with, you know, a core group of guys that were in, in the gym here. And then there was a core group of guys that were, you know, from all over the different uh, corners of the earth, Australia, yeah. Ireland, UK, yeah. Canada, United States. So it was pretty cool, you know, getting that whole group together. And then it obviously evolved into the Forge Father because, you know, obviously a lot of the guys in the group were fathers. And I want to say there's maybe one or two guys in the group right now that aren't fathers yet, but one's about to become a father. So he's, you know, good and prepared Chris. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was, it's just interesting how that all evolved and um, you know, what you really need to get to that next level. And so I guess for you, it was, you got to that point and you're like, okay, I'm getting this promotion. But like, how do I level up everything else, you know? And so once you got in, like, what were some of the big changes that started to take place? Uh, well, I would say going back to an earlier part of our conversation, my, I managed to figure out how to separate my discipline from my motivation. Yeah. You know, you, you laid that out pretty, pretty well. Um, that was a big thing for me. Um, Cause you know, motivation comes and goes. There's, there's days, you know, I get up at, I get up at four o'clock when I, when I go into the office, you know, pre COVID, you know, I was getting up at four o'clock in the morning so I could get my workout in before. Um, Cause that was the time I had to myself when everyone else was asleep before I yep. had into work. When I come home, who the hell knows what's going to happen at, you know, yeah. four or five o'clock in the evening. Right. Yep. So um, uh, that, that takes some discipline starting that and then continuing to do that. Cause there's still days, you know, now or, you know, right pre COVID anyways, where, you know, getting up at 4am, that's not fun. You know, I want to roll over, sleep an extra hour. Maybe I can just do 10 push-ups and, you know, convince myself that that's good enough for the day. But, yeah. but no, no, that's not, that's not how we do things here. Um, um, I mean, you know, the, all, all of the codes, I mean, I got the codes up here right behind me on the poster, <laughs> you know, it's just all of that, just, you know, just, just life-changing, um, taking massive action. You know, i within a few months of joining the program, that's when I, you know, decided that, you know, we, my wife and I had talked about moving 
yep. moving closer to grandparents and, you know, picking up and moving and buying a new home wasn't something I wanted to worry about. I was comfortable where I was, um, you know, selling the house and finding something new was uncomfortable. Um, and I decided, you know, let's, let's jump on and do it. My wife was thrilled when I brought that up to her. She, she couldn't believe that I was, I was jumping aboard on that. Mm -hmm. So that was a big deal. Um, and the, the brotherhood, I think, you know, again, the biggest thing for me, and I've said this in the brotherhood over and over again, is just having that group of like-minded guys going through the same stuff, you know, coming from all, all different parts of life, you know, everyone's got their own um, situation going on, but we're all coming together, supporting each other, you know, giving each other a, a you know, boot to the ass sometimes if we have to. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but we're, we're just here for each other um, from all, from all over the world. Um, yeah. And that part, that part's really awesome to me because I was going through a long time where, you know, I felt like I was going through something on my own, you know, I was doing these, yeah. doing these great workout programs by myself, but I couldn't really relate to anyone else about that. Yeah. I couldn't build upon that. Yep. Can't even, you can't share your successes, but what's, what's worse about that is you can't, share your struggles and what i find interesting with a lot of the guys that join up like when when we when they first get into the program and they start you know uh realizing what this thing is about they're like wow i thought i was the only guy struggling with that it was like and yeah you can definitely feel like that at times where you feel like you're on an island especially if you're you're a dad and you're trying to do all these different things you got all these responsibilities you know, I, uh, I know for me, I don't have, I mean, I have a good solid group of friends that I can open up to and share, but for most, most people uh, immediately around me, like they just don't understand. They don't understand, you know, some of the things that I go through. Right. But then when you go into the brotherhood, everybody knows because those codes that are behind you on the wall, that's something that we go over very, very early in the program it's like, this sets the standard. These are the principles. These are the codes that we live by. And so when everybody embraces those and they have them, you know, as a part of themselves, it's like, okay, now let's have some conversations, you know? And so I think it, it's having those conversations with those codes embedded creates, you know, whole new, you know, um, answers, you know, or when, when you have questions, you, you you find different answers based off of that. So it's interesting how that all works, man. Yeah. And, and you mentioned comfort, discomfort, uh, just hitting on that. Um, just think back to when you had the decision to say, okay, I can stay in the house that we're in right now. We're comfortable. We're good. Would you be comfortable today? I mean, maybe you might, but you might also have that thought in your head, like, dang, should have, Shoulda, woulda, coulda, right? Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I, I, I'll tell you what, I, four-year-old boy, that that kid doesn't stop moving at all, and um, we <laughs> we have a little more space in the new place than the old one, and all this kid does is just run in gigantic circles through the house a million miles an hour. Yeah, you know, I was just picturing living in that in that the tiny house we had before. Yeah, uh, it would <laughs> would have been a nightmare. Yeah, um, especially in the, you know, uh, when COVID started, it was still, you know, it was like the end of winter, early spring and up here, you know, Massachusetts, it's pretty cold. It was still snow, um, you know, being stuck inside that much, I think would have been, uh, would have been a lot. So 
it's yeah yeah i uh i fully agree with you there because uh similar situation like my wife and i built our house and we moved in what we've been in there coming up on two years now so it was a similar situation you know my wife was like hey we should look into moving maybe building a house and i was comfortable in our house at the time i mean we had our our two daughters and uh then the third one was on the way and i was like ah we can probably manage in in the current house but you know i'll get uncomfortable here and we'll look into building the house and whatnot and man i'm lucky that i'm happy that we did because yeah it is tight quarters with three girls in there um running around all crazy and now we got number four on the way well my wife found out uh, it's real early yet, but yeah, there's going to be a fourth one coming. So it's going to get even tighter, you know? So congratulations, man. That's yeah, awesome. yeah. It's, it's pretty exciting, man. But are you, are you, um, are you just saying it's, it's going to be a girl that's just, you, you, you've ruled out. I, I got my, I got my sights set on twin girls. Oh God. Like worst case scenario. <laughs> of course I, at the end of the day, I don't care if it's triplet girls, as long as they're all healthy and they're well, that's what matters most. But, um, I mean, twins run in my family. So I got twin sisters. Their birthday was just yesterday, actually. And then they're younger than me. And then I have twin aunts, both girls. And then my grandma, all on my dad's side, um, she was a twin, a twin girl. She had a sister that was her twin. And so it's like, all right. It's, the odds are there. Setting up for it. And they've all been girls. And thus far, it's pretty much been my side, like my dad's side, that the dominant gene. Like my two, da- my two oldest daughters both have red hair. My dad has red hair. Our youngest, she has hair color like me, but she's like a splitting image of me. Uh, so <laughs> it'll be interesting, man. Yeah. I'm going to need all the support of the brotherhood. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. You're already completely outnumbered as it is. So yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's like that stuff, I think ahead of it and I'm just so excited because, um, you know, put me in the same situation, you know, four years ago before we had this thing together, I'd be shitting bricks because I literally didn't have my stuff together. You know, like, yeah, I was, you know, keeping myself fit and healthy but as far as like organization planning and you know being disciplined with my time that wasn't uh too great yeah so and um you know thinking about that like talk about i guess like lifestyle design for you like how does that look on a day-to-day basis like what helps get you through um you know and be productive and be efficient with everything that you do now just planning planning ties it all together so you know i've got you know i pretty much got everything on my outlook calendar um at work mm-hmm. so i've you know i got with it with a couple of years in the forged father gotten you know pretty consistent with that uh at work and then i'd say when covid came around and you know put everything you know in a spin um, my wife and I were lucky enough where we both were able to keep our jobs. Our companies are doing fine. Um, but where she's working full time at home, I'm working two thirds of the time at home, maybe more than, more than two thirds of the time at home. And 
that's that get that makes things a little trickier than being able to just go in the office do the commute you know you know at a certain time every day so just having a weekly plan you know planning out things on a sunday to you know see how everything goes monday through friday uh is huge and obviously things change you know i know my my job and i'm sure there's guys a lot, a lot of guys with uh their work where you know you go into work one day you pop open the computer and everything's changed that day and now you have this huge fire to put out. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, being able to adapt, you know, reshuffle a few things, know your priorities and, and make it work is huge. Um, but having, having everything, you know, an overall plan without getting too rigid with it, right. Yep. Structured, yep. But not too rigid, I think is very important. Yep. Um, if you get, yeah. If you get locked in on something and then you have, you know, something kind of mess that up for one day or maybe even multiple days, you know, you got to be able to adapt to that, and, you know, um, that's, that's huge too. Yeah. I think that that really ties in with, you know, one of the principles that we follow and that's, you know, progress over perfection, right? Mm -hmm. Like as long as you make some sort of progress over the course of the day, that's a success, you know, that's moving us forward versus being perfect. Like, Oh my gosh, I didn't get everything on my calendar done today. So I guess this is a loss. And yeah, you can look at it that way or, you could, you know, do what you got to do just to move the needle a little bit. Right. And that's, that's really what this whole journey is about is just slow, steady steps forward. Heck yeah. We're going to get knocked off the horse. We're going to get freaking punched in the face. And you already know, I mean, there's a number of guys that are just really getting punched in the freaking face right now. Yeah. Uh, life is just handing them, you know, uh, all the wrong cards but uh they're fighters they're warriors they're 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 staying in the game and um it's hard to see it it's you know but when those guys stick with it and they push through they're going to be able to look back and be like holy shit and it kind of comes back to the comfort um thought of comfort discomfort i just it's fresh in my mind because uh i just did the the body weight gauntlet i was telling you before and uh, something that I thought about when I was, you know, running the 400 was, uh, holy shit, this is uncomfortable. Like, I'm in pain. I want to throw up. I want to stop. Maybe I'll just throw, slow down. But then a part of me was like, okay, just suffer a little bit longer. Just suffer for 40 more seconds. And it all, it's all going to end. And as soon as it's end, it ends, it's like now you're in the comfort zone. Yeah. It's like it's comfort, comforting knowing that you push through that discomfort. But had I like stopped and be like, oh my gosh, I can't take it. I would still be uncomfortable now just with the thought of you freaking quit halfway through, dude. Like you could have pushed through, but you didn't. And um, when you mentioned comfort and discomfort, we can take that and we can apply it to so many different things. It's like you, you talking about having to wake up at 4am to get your workout in. It's like, okay, that's going to be uncomfortable. It's, it's not going to, it's, it's not going to be comforting. Like we want to stay in comfort in the moment, but you know, when, the, when eight o'clock rolls around, you're going to be uncomfortable because you're like, damn, didn't hit that workout. Now you're irritable. Now you're yep. going to be snappy at people. You're going to come home. You're going to want to work out, but you need to be with your family. And now you're not present with your family. Cause you're like, man, I should have worked out. And you're beating yourself up about it. It's like, if you would have only chose, discomfort earlier you would be comfortable now but yet it's reversed right so it's interesting how that all works it's um yep. 
it's just something that you got to push through, man. But a uh, question for you, man. And I have my answer for this, but I'm interested in what your answer is. And I'll preface this with, you know, what I see with individuals that come into the gym and I'll use like younger athletes as an example. It's like when they first come in, uh, it's like, they're kind of like a deer in headlights, you know, they're like uncoordinated. They're not too sure of themselves yet. They haven't, you know, built up a certain amount of strength yet. And I typically see it when we get to like a heavy deadlift or like, uh, what we used to do, we flipped a tire. We had this tire that, you know, kids would flip. It's just like, it's just odd. And it's just like savage type of movement. Right. And it's like, you flip that tire. All right. I've earned my stripes. Right. And you just see this switch go off. Right. I wish we had that tire still. Somebody came by and stole it, but who wants a big flat, you know, beat up tractor tire. I don't know, but somebody stole it. But either way, what I'm getting at here is after I see somebody like, or they pick up the stone, like they, lift this heavy stone, get it up to their shoulder. They didn't think that they could do it before, but then they freaking did it. And it's like this switch goes off. And after that point, it's just like they have this new confidence about them. They had like this swagger for you. Can you think of like a specific time that kind of switched for you, especially like being in the program? I have a time in my mind, but I'm just curious if you have a specific I don't know if I have a switch. I don't know if I can think of one in particular. I feel like it's, it's, you know, for me, it was just a gradual process getting, um, you know, hopefully, but I, I know I've been getting, I'm a better person than I was a couple of years ago. Yeah. I can confidently say that. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, man, I mean, going back to the, the whole comfort to versus uncomfort thing, just doing these weekly live own ups with your shirt off every, yep. uh, in front of the, brothers is uh that's something that's uncomfortable um and you know i've i'm a little more introverted than extroverted that was certainly an uncomfortable thing for me getting up in crowds speaking in front of people never my favorite thing so getting getting better at that as week by week i feel good about that um but i don't know if i have a necessarily a switch maybe there's something that you've noticed like you said but yeah Honestly, I, I think for just for me, like coaching you and seeing you from the outside in, I think it was when you did the Killington Vermont race by yourself. It was like cold, freaking gross out. And you showed up and you freaking kicked ass in that race. And I think after that, like you just had like this different swagger with you, man, like with everything that you did, like your own ups, even like your check ins, they just seemed different. Like you just showed up with like a little bit different, uh, like a chip on your shoulders. It's like, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, when you went out there, you did that all by yourself. Cause like guys are doing races together and it's no doubt easy to show up and do a race with, you know, other guys, but man, you went up to Killington, Vermont and I already know that's one of more, the, the more rugged, uh, courses that you can do. It's like mountainous, you know, yeah. unforgiving, cold, wet, yeah, you went up there and freaking crushed it, man. So yeah, that was that was a nasty day. Mm -hmm. They were at, they advertised that as thirteen-ish miles, and ended up being we saw a fifteen-mile sign, I believe, right near the end yeah, yeah. where we uh, before we crossed. So there were a few were a few pissed off people at the end of that race. Yeah, <laughs> exhausted, and that was that's the beast. So never mind the people that were doing the ultra, mm -hmm. doing 
two, you know, two times that plus the little extra ultra, the little ultra loop. <laughs> oh, they had an ultra going on too? Yeah. Oh yeah. People do the ultra on that. It's Sweet. insane. Yeah. I don't know what the, I don't know what the failure rate is of that, but it must be pretty big. Yeah. 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 yeah it, was, it was unfortunate. I was really looking forward to the, the ultra and big bear this year. Cause I know that was going to be just a mental test like none other because that's like on a ski resort and uh, I was just watching videos on YouTube of it like highlights and just looking at the course it seems that just every part of the race is just they're running up and down constantly you know like ski slopes like just up and down up and down I saw they were doing like a uh, a sandbag carry up so they they had like a uh, a snowboard like you know, a uh, half pipe. Yeah. It was like dug into the ground and they were just running these sandbags up Well, they weren't running them up, but no, no, they're, they're <laughs> walking them up and to carry them all yeah. down. So it's, yeah. yeah, that's a, uh, um, we are going to get that big bear done next year for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely want to go back. I go back. I want to get there for the first time and uh, do that. Right. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I just deferred my races for that. So we'll, uh, hopefully by next year. Yeah things get back to closer to normal because they they rescheduled the the big bear for is it the start of october yeah first weekend in october yeah. that's but, just yeah. with everything going on and what they're talking about like this second wave of because it's definitely not going away no you know, cases are going to continue to go up and then as things start to cool down we start to go into flu season you know it's just i don't think travel is going to be too good and out to california for sure um, probably not looking too good. No, probably not the best decision to try that. And I wouldn't be shocked if they end up moving that date back again or just canceling it. And yeah, it's rough next year. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. well, other than that, Adam, what, uh, if you had to pick one big breakthrough that you've had up to this point, what, what has that been for you? Like the biggest lesson or I guess the aha for yourself that, um, you've really seen the most benefit out of. I think it's the brotherhood. I think when you have a community of of people working together, um, you can you can grow. You can you know you you can find huge growth. You have other guys that are doing the same thing as you. When you're trying to lone wolf it uh, and improve yourself, you can make improvements. You can do well, mm-hmm. but without some level of accountability and support and team and brotherhood and and love you know that's that's what really helps you rise up and, and get to that next level and, and um because i mean there's a lot of all of us have our shit that we're going through uh, yep. whether it's now or in the past or, or we're gonna have something happen to us and having that group around us um when we're going through that struggle um makes a huge difference yeah so, yeah i'm, yeah. I'm I'm so happy for that to be here and it's, it's a, it's, it's a great group. It's a great group of guys. Um, you know, and there's more guys, uh, joining us as the weeks go by and, uh, you know, they all have their stories and I'm excited to, to get to know all of them better. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, what makes it better is having, you know, guys like you, a part of the brotherhood who are, you know, now in a coaching position. So helping guys who come on board, I'll be the first to say like when you first come on board like there's a lot to learn there's a lot 
you know, you just don't know what you don't know. And so part of the process at the beginning is really kind of educational. It's like, Hey, we need to wipe your head clear of all the bullshit that you've been taught up to this point, as far as like nutrition goes. And, you know, we need to, you know, fix up your training a little bit, no doubt. But those are, again, those are only tiny little pieces to the puzzle. If that's all it took was, Hey, get on a workout regimen and, you know, follow these macros, you know, there wouldn't be a brotherhood there. Everybody be walking around fit, lean, looking the way, feeling the way they want, you know, that's just not the case, you know? And so, um, I think one of the biggest steps towards transformation is just, you know, admitting to the truth, you know, admitting to the fact that you do need help. You do need support. And as human beings, I mean, it's just a part of our evolution, like being a part of the tribe, because when you are a part of a tribe, like that's when you, you know, thrive and, you know, that's what keeps you alive, essentially, you know what I mean? So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's pretty special and you've made it uh, what it is. It's guys like you and guys, you know, the, the rest of the guys in, in, in the brotherhood that make it what it is, you know, so it's pretty special and I'm excited for what's to come ahead. Obviously we're in the summer games right now. So we got the, the, the body weight gauntlet this, this first week. So you're taking that on tomorrow morning, right? Tomorrow morning I'll be, I'll be uncomfortable. Yeah. I've got my, I live, I got a hill. So 200 feet up the hill, I got to go as hard as I can because I know that I get to turn around and come back down for the second half. So yeah. don't, uh, don't start walking that thing when you get t- close to the top, just push yeah. and turn around and boogie. Yeah. It, it reminds me of the, the forge mile here at the gym. Uh, the halfway mark is at the top of the hill. And so it's just like, you just got to dig in and get to the top of the hill. Cause once you turn around, it's like, okay, you can coast a little bit and it always helps you. But if you, if you cash out on that hill and give in early, you're only setting yourself up for, you know, being uncomfortable later with your results. Right. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> awesome. Well, Adam, I'm, I'm very thankful for you, man. I appreciate you everything that you've done in the brotherhood, but, you know, up to that, you know, all the hard work that you've put in, all the commitment, it's, it's pretty awesome to see um, where you're at now, man. So I'm excited for the future and uh, we'll keep uh, pushing this things forward, man. Awesome. 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 Thanks so much. Thank you. Yeah, buddy.